Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Anyone's Game podcast. I'm Robbie Hanrathi and today I'm delighted to be joined by Aberdeen forward Francesca Ogilvie. How are we doing, Francesca? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. All the better for having Aberdeen player on the podcast. Good, good. As we always like to do here on the Anyone's Game podcast, we like to start with our getting to know you questions to get the listeners up to speed with who you are. So first question, where are you from originally? So Aberdeen, born and bred, not been anywhere else. And what was life like growing up there? Were there a lot of opportunities to play football? Um, I, uh, I always say that I started football really late. I was 12 when I started, so that was only eight years ago. Um, I didn't really know a lot about women's football. Obviously, it's grown pretty rapidly in the last 10 years. So I started off at Stonehaven um, and then worked my way up into Aberdeen. And how old were you when you finally signed for Aberdeen? Uh, so Aberdeen was only two seasons ago, give or take the 18-month-long season that we've just had. 17 when I signed. Back-to-back promotions in your two seasons here then? Easy. Lucky chime, maybe? So, My, uh, must must have been the signing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But once you got into football and like Stonehaven, etc., was it something that you realised that you always wanted to do and just keep at? Yeah, well, I I mean, I always played like in the garden with my dad and I loved it I absolutely like just enjoyed playing it but I just didn't know the opportunities for girls I didn't even know there were girls teams it wasn't very like heavily advertised where I lived or the schools I were at it wasn't an option so once I found a girls team and got into it it was something I absolutely loved and just wanted to keep going with it and since I started I've always said I want to go and be a footballer yeah and you're on the right track at the moment but do you feel with new television deal with the BBC, there's a highlight show, there's two games televised each week. Mm. You'll be part of that televised games. Is that showing that there now is role models for young girls to look up to? Whereas before, yourself, maybe there was no one to look up to because you wasn't seeing these games. Yeah, totally. Like I never watched women's football when I was younger. It wasn't really a thing that was televised. So now that I'm part of that being televised, it's amazing and a great opportunity for women and girls football. So yeah I'm delighted that they're getting the rights yeah definitely it's about time I'd say and what would you say your biggest achievement in football has been so far um well recently the two awards they were pretty good the player of the month and the player of the year but probably um either winning this league with the girls or getting a call up for Scotland 19s last year that was that was a pretty big deal for me yeah how, how does it feel when you get is it an email? Is it a phone? Someone phone you from the SFA and say you're going to be part of this camp? So we were in the first division at the time, which is now the championship. And they don't really look at players from that league because it's so far below the SWPL one. And I was never a part of the setup beforehand. So it was my coaches that were pushing and pushing for me to get into that setup. And I actually didn't make the cut. So Ailey Shore made the cut. And that's how I found out. So like everyone was on the chat going, oh, well done, Ailey, well done, Ailey. And I'm sitting there going, oh, no, I've Got missed it. it. This is my, I was 18, like, this is my last year to get into 19. So I was like, oh, I've missed it. And then like a day later, I was coaching um, at goals and I get a call from Emma going, Fran, Fran, what's your date of birth? I need it for you. You're going to go in Scotland 19. And I was like, oh, my God, no way. Like buzzing. How did that happen? Did someone pull out or was it just like an oversight? Because that must be a, such a, from a low to a high so soon from thinking, yeah, oh no. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was because someone couldn't make the training camp, but 
I wasn't caring. I was yes. just delighted I was getting to go away with the training camp. And then obviously I kept getting picked for the later stages. So that, that's fantastic. What's it like going away with the Scotland camp for the first time? Did you know a lot of the players already or was it so new I, to you? Uh, I only knew Ailey. So I was, I'm quite an outgoing person, I would say. Like I'll get to know other people, but obviously in that environment as well, like up against the top players of your age group, like it's pretty daunting. But no, I got I got stuck in and got involved with the girls and I've now got some best friends that are in that group of players. So no, it was a good experience. That's what it's all about. It's good to have that feel good stories from what could have been a negative, but turns into a positive at the end of the day, really. And that leads on nicely to the final getting to know you question, the one everyone loves to hear. What would your ultimate five-a-side team be with you in it? This could be teammates, past the present, or even if you fancy players you admire. Okay, I'll go nice and easy, big up my teammates since we've just won the league. I'd have Gail in goal, obviously, myself. Goal-scoring <sighs> yeah. machine. Yeah, I suppose we'll put Bailey in there as well then. Bailey up top, us two scoring together. Uh, we'll stick Jo in with her lanky legs. She'll win us some pens. She's won, us, she's won me a few this season, so I've got to give her credit for it. Uh, who, what's that on? I'm on four, um, am I? Four, yeah, one more. Lauren Campbell, solid at the back. Got to put her in it. Yeah, very solid. And I feel, from what I, when I've watched Aberdeen, she seems one of these players that she'll talk through the younger players through the game as well. So, yeah. She'd be good for Gail and goal if she's a young goalkeeper. Although Emma Hunter on this podcast played any girl save. There was uh, no goalkeeper chosen for your manager on this podcast. Yeah, there's some players that would argue that they're second choice keeper or third choice keeper, but no, I'd put Gail in goal. <laughs> have, have you ever had to go in goal at training? Um, yeah, actually, just training past, there was there was only 12 of us. A lot of them were away with the Scotland 19s. So any man save, I was in st- the sticks a few times. I got lobbed. But... Do you embrace that though? Is it a bit of fun? Bit of banter, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I've heard what you've been getting up to this last year or so. You've started up Francesca Ogilvy Football Coaching. How did that come about? Yeah, so I've been coaching since I was 15. Uh, I started coaching like kids' football parties at goals and then it progressed into like doing like football camps and stuff. And um, during lockdown, there's a there's a massive park outside my house. Um, so and I, I knew all the kids from goals and I just put a message up on my Facebook saying, look, the rules are that you can meet up to one household I'm happy to do like one-to-ones with kids that are missing out on football and honestly the response was ridiculous I was doing about 30 one-to-ones a week and I just thought I can actually make this into a bit of a business here so started up started doing some camps uh, last year I did my first summer camp uh, when the restrictions eased I had only nine kids and uh, this week I've got 60 kids at a camp and it's got a lot of the girls from Aberdeen helping coaching as well so it's good to have both of that yeah, that, that's amazing. That's ingenious to take a time that a lot of people are struggling, like the pandemic, and start this new venture. Do you feel like not, I'm assuming you was training alone, not being able to train with your teammates. Did this come about because because you couldn't do that, you wanted to keep busy, really? Yeah, totally. I mean, obviously, it's so, it's so hard to motivate yourself to go and train when we didn't have that whole team pushing you on. Like, we got given a plan and it was like to do some sprints and stuff, but it's hard to go and do five sprints that you might do four and just go, oh, no one's here. I'll just finish at four. I won't do five. And I know the kids are the same as well, but they, they just want to go out, but they don't, maybe they didn't have their mum or dad that could push them if they weren't football able. So 
it was good to just get them in to do it and obviously a huge demand for it which I did not expect. It's just been through word of mouth through like social media to build it up from nine kids to 60 kids that's a massive increase in one year like you must yeah, have a lot that's of positive what, feedback. A, a, lot of, a lot of people have been asking me like oh how much do you pay for advertising but I, I just set up a Facebook page with the business and it was ma- mainly word of mouth and the Facebook I don't really do any other advertising so if it keeps growing like that I'll need more coaches in. <laughs> so you say you'll be laughing but that, that's good that you've got other teammates who are willing to help and on board as well and I guess have you been doing coaching badges from a young age? Uh, yeah so I'm currently going through my C license which kind of got delayed because of uh, obviously the lockdowns so I'm on to the final part of my C license so hopefully I can get that completed but there's not a lot of them in Aberdeen and I don't really fancy traveling down to Glasgow just to do my C license. Yeah but that just shows that people are willing to entrust you and they probably see you as the Aberdeen women's team grows in popularity they now in the top division you've seen the club's taken a bit more serious as well I'd like to think so people mm. will as we speak about role models there wasn't ones before you'll be the role model for North East girls for this football academy do you feel? Yeah well uh, so me and Ailey are the main coaches we do like one-to-ones throughout the week so Ailey helped me a lot coming in she was my first coach coming in so she's been there from the start and we do one-to-ones with the kids and camps and like Friday sessions and obviously we've got some more of the girls in as well that they're not they don't do as much but they just come and do the camps so we had a lot of the kids at the game on Sunday for the first game at Balmoral and must have had about 10 of the kids there sitting in the stands cheering us on so that was that was amazing to see that as well. They must have really enjoyed it getting to see the person that's training them how much is it just a weekend thing is it every day of the week that you're doing this camp? So the camps the holiday camps are every day of the week so Monday to Friday and then during the school term we do like Friday evening sessions or like one-to-ones with them. Yeah so it's definitely a big commitment but it's something that you seem so passionate about that it's only got to grow and get bigger and do you find it's easy enough to balance doing these camps with your training for your club? Yeah totally because I well I manage it so that obviously I'm my own boss so I just manage it that I'm not doing them whilst I'm training but um, my actual full-time job is working in in a primary school so I coach for a primary school as well and then I do that like on the side. <laughs> you keep busy then what primary school is that in Aberdeen for any listeners from Aberdeen? It's one in Kingcorth I don't know if you'll know it it's Kirkhill Primary School. Yeah I know what it is yeah, yeah. indeed so, you enjoy- so you're doing that and your football academy and yeah. training how much nights a week do you train with AFC? Uh, so currently it's two but it's a way to be three with a S&C session so <laughs> Very busy. Yeah, as I say, you're very busy, but it's good to see that they're up in it to three sessions going into the SWPL1 and the club themselves, obviously, meaning business with promotion. Do you see that, that the professionalism in your two years there improving by the week? Yeah, totally. Obviously, they're, they're, put, they're putting a lot of resources into us. Cormac Park, for one, just getting to use that facility is amazing. It's probably one of the best facilities in Scotland. And then we're getting to use Balmoral on a Sunday, which we could argue is probably one of the best stadiums that the women are using in Scotland as well so yeah massive resources they're putting into us. Oh you was playing last season at Coimac Park but you trained there did you feel a bit more like part of the club being at that main base where the first team for the men should be coming and going as well or was it because of Covid was you kind of separated a wee bit? Yeah well we didn't see a lot of the first team they kind of kept all the teams a wee bit separate keeping them in their bubbles but yeah it's good that like only Aberdeen are there you just go and see everyone there Yes, so there's a good feel factor there. That's what you want as a men's team fan. You want men's to read off the women's success and vice versa and go as one, especially with the fact that Spartans are going semi-professional 
from this season, or part-time, I think it is, clubs like Aberdeen, maybe in future, maybe should be looking at that, do you feel? Yeah, of course. I think every team that is going to go into SBPL1 at some point should have maybe in their plan to give something to the women to entice them. Obviously, a lot of us have full-time jobs, so some of us might not be able to commit as much. So like Spartans, them going semi-pro, it'll help them commit more to the training. They can up their training sessions. You've got Rangers that are pro, so they don't even need other jobs. They're just in training every day. As you say, Rangers, I was just speaking to Nicola Dockerty and Vienna West Japan. What they're saying with the fact being in every day at the club, getting the, your meals there, being part of that community, I guess, when you've got your own job. Aberdeen seem like a close-knit group, but you do miss out on that when you just turn up to training two nights a week. Or how do you feel the team culture is within Aberdeen? Because when I seen this title celebration, it seemed like you're all best of pals. Yeah, totally. Since Honestly, since I came in from day one, I, it sounds like a cliche that, oh, you've been welcomed. But no, since day one, I've totally felt like that one team um, mantra that we've got. We say it in every single podcast, everyone, but it is, it's totally a one team. It's such a close-knit group that you've got like 15-year-olds and 33-year-olds and you just wouldn't even realise the age gap. Everyone, everyone speaks to everyone. And I guess that's what it's all about. That relationship, not just between you and your fellow teammates, but having that with the manager as well. And Emma seems to do so much for the women's game on that Aberdeen side. Is she a great person to work under? Yeah, totally. I mean, eh, like the girls know and Emma knows if you've got a problem, you just go to Emma and like be straight with her and speak to her. And it's good to have a manager like that, especially if, I don't know if being female helps as well, but you just know that you can go and speak to Emma with any problem you've got and she'll she'll totally help you out. She's she's there committed 100% to us and what she does behind the scenes as well is mental. Yeah, you can maybe tell us that, like listeners, what would Emma be doing behind the scenes? Just something so simple as just like pumping up the balls. It doesn't even sound like something that big, but when she's like, she's got a full-time job as well that she balances with that. Um, and she's just got to do so much behind the scenes, like, picking the team, the team lines before the Sunday, getting everything ready, setting up the pitch before training, like just so many things, like getting even getting all our kit in, like making sure everyone's got the right kit. That's been a bit of a palaver recently, getting all our new kit. Really? Oh, well, it's a smart kit anyway. Emma's getting a bit annoyed with us on the chat. We're all going, oh, I'm missing home shorts. I'm missing home socks. And I was going, oh. ah, right, I'll get you them. Yeah, but at least, well, the cup season has begun, but at least you've got a bit of time to rectify it before the league season starts with the new strips. But it's great to see that you have got new fresh strips for the season and a new identity for the women's side going to SOPL1. Yeah, totally. I think everyone's buzzing that they've got their names on the back of the shirt as well. It's the first time we've had that. So we're all looking forward to wearing them on Sunday. Yeah. Well, as I said to you, um, off record, like I'd love, I think it looks smarter with the Viscalis' sponsor than Salted Energy. I would so also I, agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd, ha- I'd happily buy one of those. So maybe it's something, if anyone from the FCs will listen to, to this, maybe it's something I can look into in the future because I do feel that there will be demand, especially some of you kids for your coaching might totally, want yeah. Aberdeen Biscalis fan Ogilvy top of course they would <laughs> absolutely and keep on that positive note we mentioned it about that scenes getting to lift the trophy at the Balmoral Stadium I was there it was fantastic got my photo with the captain it was absolutely buzzing but winning the league in emphatic fashion last season just what did that mean to you yeah obviously that was one of our aims to set up and go and get promoted um, so to go and do it by winning the league obviously makes it a thousand times better. I think if you'd asked us at the start of the season, like, oh, do you think you'll win the league? We would have 
probably just bit your hand off to get promoted. But as the season went on and we realised, you know, we can actually go and win this. It was just amazing to finally go and lift that trophy at the end. A massive sigh of relief. Like we've done this two seasons in a row back where we belong. Didn't make it easy for yourselves in that final day of the season going no, behind. No, we, we didn't. We didn't. I mean, we'd already won it, but against Boromir, we did not make it easy for ourselves. No, going behind twice. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the thing with having fans there. If you haven't had it all season, because I say to a lot of guests, it was such an eerie season with the league stopping and starting, then mm-hmm, games behind hopefully. closed doors. And you really hope that now that they are going to be playing at Balmoral Stadium, in future, you say it was people that you coach there. You just hope that they can captivate that Aberdeen audience and folk will pack out Balmoral Stadium to see the women's side because they deserve the backing, I feel. Yeah, totally. And I think we will. We were on a Zoom with Emma not long ago, just a wee team meeting, and we were speaking about like how many fans we think we can get in. I, I honestly believe we can fill Balmoral. People in Aberdeen will want to come and watch. Even the men's fans, they'll want to come and watch the women's. And as you say, the kids as well, they'll, they'll love to come and see us, role models to look up to. Yeah, and for me, to put my red-tinted glasses on, I do feel that that's what Aberdeen need to do with like the season ticket holders, give them cheaper fee at the women's game. They might take their families along. You can't be charging fee all the time because the women do deserve to, to be paid for. But just to get people along, as much as I feel we're making such strides in promoting the women's game, there's still that perception of, oh, it's women's football, etc. So yeah, I think totally. if they can get people along to Balmoral Stadium, put on a performance, especially playing against top teams like Rangers, Celtic, Glasgow City, it surely would attract an Aberdeen Rangers women's tie at Balmoral Stadium. Surely fans yeah, would want to get I, I remember, I remember when I first started playing football, my dad was like, oh, girls football, here we go. Like my own dad as well. And he went along to his first women's game. I think it was Aberdeen were still in the top flight at this point and they were playing Rangers at the rubbish Astro in, at Asda. You know, as oh, yeah. Garth- I, play, I played football there. Yeah, the one that's like a carpet there. It's not yeah. even an Astro. And he came back absolutely buzzing. He was like, oh my goodness, Francesca, you need to get yourself up there. That is some standard of football. And he was since then buzzing about women's football. Yeah, and I think well, I might be listeners to this podcast when it goes out through and not, I might not have seen a women's game. And I think people underestimate the standard because when I, I'd been to the women's Euros in 2017, followed the international level, but it's only more recently I've followed the leagues. And even in the SOPL too, there's some great quality players and skill on show and people don't realise that, I don't feel. No, they don't realise till they go to the games. They don't think the standard's going to be as good, but when they see the women get tackled and not dive like the men, I think that's when they realise, all right, I'll come back and watch them. Yeah, definitely. And you say you hope you can fill the Balmoral Stadium. What is your thoughts playing in Cove this season? Will it take a bit of getting used to it? It's a bit different in terms of setup from Coimac Park. Yeah, I suppose we've obviously played there a few times. We played Kilmarnock in the Scottish Cup last year there. So we, we know the we know the pitch well. It's roughly the same size, probably a little bit bigger than Cormac. But I think with training on a big pitch, the big pitch will hopefully suit us. And obviously it's Astro. And Astro's Astro, is it? You train on it, you play on it. It's decent enough than Cormac. But I think with training on a big pitch, the big pitch will hopefully suit us. And obviously it's Astro. Astro's Astro, is it? You train on it, you play on it. It's decent enough. It gets a bad name within Scottish men's football, though, where everyone wants Astro pitches out of the league and everything. But if you don't mind playing on it, then that's half a day. So you used to playing on it from a young age, I guess. Exactly. I suppose if, if you're used to playing on it, then it's fine. What was hard for us a couple of seasons ago was when we were training at West Hill on the Astro and then going and playing at ASV on the grass, which obviously you've seen the ASV pitch. It's 
it's not the flattest grass surface it's bobbly everywhere so to go and train on a flat astro and then play on the bobbly pitch it was a nightmare so I'm buzzing that we're training and playing on the same surface yeah definitely I think I think that'll only help the women's side going forward you mentioned which I do find funny your dad underestimating the standard of women's football keeping with speaking about your family seeing your mum be appointed the first ever female director at AFC that must have been a proud moment for the family was it it was obviously um dad is a uh, not an Aberdeen supporter shall we say so uh there's a bit of banter going on between them mum is an Aberdeen supporter so the banter goes on there but there was also banter on Twitter that I was getting selected for Aberdeen because my mum was now appointed for Aberdeen and I was going she knows nothing she doesn't even know the offside rule she's not picking them as a team she was in uh Sweden and she comes back and she's like so what does it mean when the striker holds up the ball and dad and I are trying to explain? <laughs> well, they can only learn. As you say, you was maybe a late developer. In exactly. She football, wants to learn, so... so that's fine. Yeah, exactly. And the more female voices, I feel, the better, even within media, within football clubs. Totally. It's a, obviously a history maker. Um, so proud moment for us and her. Yeah, female voice. They need a female voice. I think everywhere needs a female side of things. To be fair, it was quite staggering that it went on that long without. But one of the games near the end of the last season at Coimac Park, Scott Brown, Henry Apollo and Stephen Glass came to watch your game. And then there was obviously lots of media and high profile people within the club at the trophy day. Is that yeah, something Craig that... Brown, Craig Brown came to the trophy day. Yeah, is that something that you as, like, not just yourself, but you as a collective really appreciated seeing like that faces there watching you? Yeah, of course. It shows that they want to actually come and support the women, which then makes us feel a bit more included with the men's side as well. So, yeah, it was great to see them there. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I knew it was going to be a big occasion, but I got a shot. So many like Craig Brown, for example, Stuart Mill and Aberdeen ex-chairman. Like, it was fantastic yeah. to see. And going on to this new season, you got off to a winning start against Muir at the weekend just past. How did you find that game? Yeah, um, it was one of those where... It didn't feel like the season had started again. Obviously, we've only had, what, two two weeks off and two weeks pre-season. So it kind of felt like a pre-season game. And I think we went into it thinking of it as a pre-season game. Honestly, we didn't probably didn't go in with the right attitude that, you know, this is League Cup. Um, didn't really kind of hit us until halftime, like girls need to pull our socks up and actually go and win this. Um, made it hard for ourselves at times, but eventually we did come out the winners so it must be a thing against Buttermere Thistle is it but but I think must about... be. we must just make it hard for ourselves there yeah but they, they are improving as a side and I think they will be challenging at the top end of SWPL2 but I did think that that's what I was going to ask you with such a short turnover I think you only got two weeks if that or well you wouldn't have got any time off probably with your coaching but off training you got a couple of weeks off so being straight back into it so soon it's obviously got to take its toll on the players yeah, totally. I think you can look at it from both sides, either that we're coming, we've got an advantage that we're going to be fit because we're just coming off a of game time so we can keep that momentum going. Or you can look at it as we've not had a lot of rest, so we might pick up some injuries, which we did on Sunday, unfortunately. A um, couple of ankle injuries, which Oh, we got injured. Um, Don and Strathy had picked oh, no. up some ankle injuries, so hopefully it's not as serious as they uh, look. So it's from that side as well, you know, you're going to pick up injuries and we know that this league's going to be a lot harder than the last league. At least we're not playing half a season in one month. So it's not going to be as demanding, but it's still going to be, we know it's going to be hard and we're going to have to absolutely push ourselves. There's going to be injuries. So the players, 
that aren't playing as regularly need to be ready to step up and go and play as well. Now, looking at the SWPL one last season, I always say the reason a lot of people wrote off Glasgow City, but the reason they won the league was because they had strength and depth in every position. And like Aberdeen, they've signed Donna Patterson, who you mentioned. I think she'll bring a lot to the side, got top flight experience. But do you think strength and depth and competition with places is important now in the top flight for you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, without it, if you've got a very small squad, you get comfortable and no one no one pushes themselves when they're comfortable. You train pretty rubbish and then you go into a game how you've trained. So we always say, you know, train how you play, like give everything at training and you'll give everything a game. It's something that we're working on recently as well. Like if we are working on building out from the back, the strikers need to be involved. They need to press with intensity. Otherwise, you're not working on the press or working on your defenders. You're just making your defenders lazy. And then in the game, we're going to bring that as well. So just those little things that need to add on. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at this SWPL Cup, as you say, didn't make it easy in the first game, but you're in a group with Rangers, Motherwell, Queen's Park and Bellamur Thistle. As the manager, Emma Hunter, set an expectation for this cup? Or was it just see how we get on? Um, I think obviously our league aim is, well, we want to stay up. And I think, I think Emma said that we want to be top five and then get into the knockout stages of the League Cup, which I think is a little ambitious, but it's a challenge that we can go and set ourselves to. Obviously, if you set yourself a challenge of coming ninth out of, t- out of 10, that's not a great... There's no point showing up. As Dave Coymack said on Game Spears podcast, there's no point showing up if you don't go into every game thinking you can win it. So even playing against Rangers and Motherwell speaking to Rangers players earlier, that they're going to be a different outfit this season. New manager, Paul Brownlee, got the experience yeah. of Leanne Crichton. But having a strong league in these strong teams, it's only got to be good for yourself to test yourself against these teams and players. Exactly. Well, we'll go into every game and give 100%. And we want, obviously, we want to go and win every game. No one, no one wants to go into a game and lose. You know, we want to win them. It's just obviously being realistic as well with the teams and what resources they have against us. But then at the end of the day, when you're on the pitch, it's 11 v 11, you know, anything goes on the day. Yeah, exactly. You can use the old cliche looking at Leicester City. No one expected them to do it. And maybe uh, Emma's ambition of top five, it might come to you. If you, if you believe enough, you just never know. Hopefully. But as you say, competition, you had a bit of a feud last season. Not feud, but competition with Bailey Hutchison for the Golden Boot. Did that really help spur you on? Honestly, between us, there wasn't a competition. I think our teammates made it more of an issue or a competition than it was. Uh, they were bantering us, giving it all, uh, oh, neither of you passed to each other because you both want the golden boot. Oh, Fran's catching up with Bailey, so Fran's not going to pass to anyone. So I think, um, I can't remember who we were, we were playing. Oh, it was um, Glasgow Women, game on my birthday. I think I made a point of giving Bailey like three balls on a plate for her. He only scored two of them, but I, I got five assists that game. So I made a point of proving that, you know, I can pass too. Thank you. But it's great to have for the Dons to have an all-round player like yourself who can contribute to goals and assists. And that got you June Player of the Month and anyone's game Player of the Year for SWPL2, which yeah, thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll break the news on to you on this podcast. There is a trophy coming to you very soon. So No that, way. So. Yeah. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Yeah, on a personal note, yeah, Bailey did win the Golden Boot and scored more goals, but getting awards and recognised for your talent throughout the season, that must have been a great feeling. Yeah, obviously that feels good too. I I didn't actually, I've said this a few times, I didn't really have a lot of time to think about it too much. I I was so just amazed by the fact that we'd gone and won the league and then obviously 
the awards for myself came quite quickly after and then we were straight back into pre-season so I've I've not had a lot of time to actually think about it or think too much on it. Uh-huh. I knew you'd be happy with me telling you that on the podcast. We, we do appreciate rewarding our players. We give Priscilla Chinchia of Glasgow City her SOPL one award at the weekend. So once we can get to a game that involves Aberdeen, we'll be getting that to you. Excellent. Thank you. And you look at the season, the league season starting less than a month's time. Don't know how much you can or are allowed to say, but what's a collective feeling? Do you feel mugged off the amount of the way the fixtures have went with a lot more away games than home? Yeah, obviously there's a lot of chat on Twitter about that, about um, I think we're the only team with 15 away games. Everyone else either has 14, 13 or 12. Um, so yeah, obviously it's a bit bit rubbish when you see you're the only team with 15, especially when it's 15 and 12. If it was 13 and 14, we couldn't really argue that. You know, you can't you can't do like a half away game, like 13 and a half. Like 13 and 14 would have been fine. But 12 and 15, especially considering we are the furthest away team, it just... It did, it did look a bit rubbish when we saw that, but there's not much we can do. We'll just have to get on with it. They're not going to change it. We're not going to kick up a fuss about it. We'll just get on with it. Yeah, exactly. You just got to prove them wrong and go down to Glasgow and pick up that victories and spur yourself on to win as much games as possible because you don't want to, a few of the players have mentioned the bus home from that part of Crystal defeat. You don't want too many of them. This yeah, we season. don't want too many of them. No, no, they're not fun. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that, that's the important thing you say. Not, it's not been too many. That was a rare loss last season. And what did you do? You went on and won in, in fact, style, back-to-back trophies. And for players like, got to have a word for your captain, Kelly. She's been there for a long time. Or players like Lauren as well, been there a long time. For yeah, them been there fa- since the start of it. Yeah, so for them to get back into the top flight after back-to-back demotions, I'm, I'm just so happy for them. I'm sure you are as well, because I'm sure well, she's your captain. Have you got a good relationship with Kelly? Yeah, so um, Kelly and I sometimes we, we golf a wee bit. That that happened in lockdown. We started golfing <laughs> with each other, so we bit of a bond there. Got a handicap? Oh no, we're not that good. <laughs> They're not that good. Chill out. <laughs> but no, obviously it's good to see that you know they've gone through that double relegation and then double promotion. So yeah, buzzing for them that they've managed to do that as well. And I'm happy that I've been able to be a part of the that promotion journey too. To end the chat, I just feel like it's been such a great chance to speak to someone who has had back-to-back promotions in your two seasons you seem buzzing about it and I'm yeah. sure you got to embrace have you set yourself any targets for goal scoring targets for the top league obviously we're playing against a lot of top defenders but would you set any personal targets um we were speaking about this in our call our team call about personal objectives and I think sometimes I think too much about if I score or if I assist and I sometimes base a good performance on that so like Queen's Park, where I got the hat trick, I honestly probably had one of the worst games ever. You know, two of them are pens. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't have a great game. Everyone actually said to me, you know, you weren't even in that game. So to get a hat trick, I have no idea how you managed to do that. So my target is actually just if as long as I come off the pitch, knowing I've given 100%, if I get the goals and assists too, then fine. But I just want to know that I've had a good performance and I've m- maybe made a wee impact where I've been. Yeah, and I guess that is, it's all about personal reflection. You could score the hat, you can still take the negatives, like, oh, I didn't get into this positions and all that. But at the end of the day, how much goals did you score for the season? Oh, I don't know. You should know this. You put me down as the, <laughs> as the anyone's game player of the year. I couldn't even tell yeah. you. 
I'm already I, I, on I, to I, next season. I've forgotten about last season. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you, you've unanimous, I think, for, for us in terms of player of the year. But I've got to say a big thank you for joining me on this. And, no problem. Thank you for having um, me. No worries. And I'm sure I'll get a chance to present that trophy to you very soon and get a pick with a trophy to show to all Excellent. the fans. Excellent. I look forward to it. <laughs>